Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 40, the UK's online digital TV and technology show. The show that's based on feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me as ever is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. Later in today's show, a look at how to get the best from your wireless and how to handle those Wi-Fi woes. Here's a look at what else we're covering in today's tantalizing take on technology. Question marks over the future of Freeview HD. An update on Top-Up TV's Black Sunday. A new report tells you who's messing with your Wi-Fi. We get hands-on with the world's most high-tech writing tool. Plus your questions on communal, satellite, BT Vision and more. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. First up, the latest on Freeview HD. And it's not good. It seems that the recession could be impacting plans for ITV and Channel 4 to launch HD on Freeview. The channels were set to launch their HD services by the end of this year, with Granada likely to see HD first. But the funding crisis is causing them to reconsider. More on this story when we have it. On the same subject, the good news is that the BBC are forging ahead with their HD Freeview plans, and it's hoped that the service will be up and running for up to 50% of the UK in time for the 2010 World Cup next June. To support Freeview HD, existing Freeview services will need to shuffle around. As channel reshuffling tends to catch many users out, there's now talk of a national retuning exercise happening, and discussions are currently ongoing to find out ways to communicate to Freeview's 18 million users how to make such a retuning change. Options under discussion include on-screen warnings and leaflets. Next, details of two new mobile phone deals. First off, Operator 3 is offering free calls forever. This is available on around 20 handsets, including the Skype phone, the INQ Facebook phone, the Samsung Toco Ultra, and the Nokia E63 and N96. The free calls forever are using this Skype network, and you can only use this to talk to other Skype users, all 400 million of them. The offer is open to contract and pay-as-you-go customers. Pick up a cheap pay-as-you-go handset, or maybe get two for free long-distance walkie-talkies. The other offer worth mentioning is Vodafone. They're dropping their voice and text roaming charges in 35 countries in June, July and August. Data roaming is still not free though. The countries are mostly European, although Australia and New Zealand are included, and you need to sign up to Passport, which is free. List of countries and more details on our site. Next, some top-up TV news. Content from the BBC is coming to top-up TV anytime players at the beginning of June. This will include shows like Spooks, Bleak House, Life on Mars and Doctor Who. To make way, some channels are vanishing. These are Hallmark, Sports Extra, Home and Living. Next, don't get too attached to your sat-nav. Plans to replace the ageing network of GPS satellites are running behind schedule and over budget, and a report handed to the US government tells that failures in the system could start next year. Next, some radio news. From mid-June, the Hit 40 UK commercial radio chart show, formerly known as The Network Chart, will be replaced, taking its place an interactive chart show with data based on iTunes music downloads, giving listeners the chance to influence the charts in real time. Next, some channel news. In May, we saw Quest from Discovery fail to launch on Freeview. Virgin One has gone 24 hours on Freeview, 
and UK TV style has rebranded to home. Two and finally stories for you today. First off, London tourists may soon be able to get connected on the London Eye. Plans are afoot to add Wi-Fi access to the pods for those that can't bear to be without a fast internet connection for that 35-minute glide around the London skyline. Whatever next. The last and finally of this show relates to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Fans will know that there are five books in the Hitchhiker's trilogy, but this year we'll see the sixth. A little odd given that the Hitchhiker's Guide author Douglas Adams passed away in 2001. Look out for the sixth book, called And Another Thing, later this year. Thanks Pete for answers to life, the universe and everything. Of course, for more information on these stories and any others, go to www.frequencycast.co.uk Frequencycast now loading. Focus. Come on then, let's focus. Okay, today we are talking Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. That's a bit antiquated, isn't it? Didn't it die death against Bluetooth? No, other way around. Bluetooth is still around. Uh, Bluetooth short range, computers to mobiles, that kind of thing. Wi-Fi is pretty much your home internet, so everything connects over your Wi-Fi network to, to broadband. Um, we actually covered Wi-Fi back in show number five, dusty old show number five. Do you remember that one? Uh, yeah, I do believe it's up here on the top shelf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reason we're revisiting it is there's just been a report commissioned by Ofcom that talks about the future of Wi-Fi and some of the problems that Wi-Fi is having. So we thought we'll cover that report, but first we'll just go over the basics of Wi-Fi for anyone that uh, can't remember listening to show number five. Okay, so um, there was a new development, wasn't there, or something? Uh, what was this about the? Uh, was it the? What's this one over here? The um, oh, eight hundred two point eleven n, isn't it? That's the one with what's that word afterwards? Oh, the memo. Yeah, that's how I like to call it. So what Carl's actually looking at is the cardboard box that came with the router that we're using here in the studio, which is 802.11n. So there are three different types of standards for Wi-Fi. There's 802.11b, which is basically the first one, 802.11g, which got a lot faster, up to 54 megabits per second, versus the old 11 megabits per second. Now we have 802.11n. Now, I'll actually listen back to show five on the way into the studio tonight, and we said in show number five that 802.11n would be coming by the end of 2007. Did it get there? No. It's 2009. <laughs> Not very fast connection. Well, work on 802.11n actually started in 2004, and we're not there yet. The current estimate is 2010. Wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, six years to get a standard. Um, at the moment, we're at draft 0.9. Now, a lot of manufacturers have decided not to wait around for this thing to finally get ratified. So there's a lot of um, version N bits of kit out there, but they're not actually using the final V1.0 of the, the specification. So there is vaguely a chance that some of these things could change, but it's pretty much assumed that they won't. So 802.11n is the new standard. It uses um, MIMO, I think is actually the correct way of pronouncing it, not your... Mimo. Mimo. Oh, so they found him then. And that stands for multiple inputs, multiple outputs. And it basically uses different aerials, multiple aerials, to get better performance and better speed and better quality, that kind of thing. And You can you, actually- you really are quite boring, aren't you? I mean, all these numbers and everything, it's like, try and make it interesting, can you? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm going to talk about a weapon in a minute. That'll really send you to sleep. Um, so, yes, the latest standard is potentially got up to 600 megabits per second. But in reality, it's probably only going to be about 130, 140 megabits per second, really. Yeah, and I'm quite fussy about that sort of detail. What the hell are you talking about? Do you think anyone cares? Say something interesting. Go on, anything. All right, okay. It's a lot faster than the old one with a G at the end if it's got an N at the end. All right, that helps me now. Excellent, there you go. So do you want to hear about security now? 
Yes, please. Yeah, I would love to hear about security. What have you got to tell me about security today? So in show five, we were suggesting that everyone rushed out and made sure that their wireless routers were WEP-enabled, W-E-P. You're just taking a mickey now, aren't you? But now it's all about W-P-A. So if your router isn't W-P-A encrypted, make sure it is. W-P-A is the new security standard over WEP. It's been around for a little while, but do go for W-P-A, or even better, W-P-A slash 2 PSK, of course. Of course, naturally. There you go. So W-P-A is the thing that's going to stop hackers getting into your wireless network and doing dodgy things with your wireless networks um there you go that's the basics good uh if i ever go wi-fi yeah should that happen because you've interested me so much with all those details and of course i i recognize a good spec when i see one um what would you recommend well, with that sounded like an ad for our lovely friends at BT, the BT Home Hub V2.0 is probably the best uh, wireless router that you can actually get uh, for free at the moment. Most of the other broadband providers aren't offering anything quite as um, sophisticated as the 802.11n version of the Home Hub. So it does have about twice the range of most of the other routers that broadband providers are offering. So that's actually not a bad one. Um, BT also offer this thing called BT Fon. Do you remember that? Yep. And you're not going to explain it, though, are you? No, it was... Um... Thanks. So, BT Fon, basically, you're, you can set your router to partition off a little bit of your bandwidth so that other people in, the, in your area can actually nick and piggyback onto your broadband connection. So, it's offering other people the ability to nick some of your broadband in return for being able to nick their broadband if you happen to have a neighbour or you're travelling somewhere and they have a router. So, it's basically a, a community for sharing out your broadband bandwidth. That's very nice of you. Um, Now, we had a couple of questions in about Wi-Fi recently. Uh, One was asking for some tips on improving the range. What was your suggestion there? Well, yeah, Wi-Fi does have a bit of a limited range and things like doors and radiators and walls and all those other things that stop the ceiling falling down in your house, uh, that can actually reduce the range of the signal. So one of the things you can do is actually stick your broadband router sort of in the middle of the house, somewhere where it's got a decent chance of covering the whole house. Or knock down any non-supporting walls and make it an open-plan house, I suppose. Yeah, that would basically do it. You can also buy repeaters. I'm guessing they're the opposite of Rennie's. So that you can um, sort of bounce your signal to other repeater stations around the house. Sorry, what was that? Repeaters. Or you can use one of these. Now that's fantastic. (laughs) It looks like something out of a craft shop. (laughs) Is it a Viking ship? Uh, Oh, no, no. It's a seesaw for your hamster. No. Um... (laughs) Okay, what does it say there? Flattener. Flatter antenna. Flatter yeah, my wheat yes, bread. All right, all right. Okay, so this is a flattener. And it's basically a piece of cardboard that has some reflective metal on it. Very, very scientifically done. Basically, what you do, you see it's got two little holes there. You poke this over the aerial sticking up out of the back of your broadband router. doesn't work with a home hub that doesn't actually have a little pokey aerial, but most of them that do have a little stubby aerial. This sits on the back and it's basically, it reflects the signals in a particular direction. So if you actually want to get a bit of range out of your router, so you've got your router in one half of the house and you want it to reach the other house, this really focuses the signal and bounces it in the direction that you need. What makes you think you're right? They are actually quite efficient and uh, there's a website from the manufacturers of this, 
tritium.co.uk, which gives you all the sort of radial patterns of how it works and everything else. And actually, they're not a bad price for what they are. Seven quid uh, could just be the difference in getting a decent signal about Stranger House. There you go. So that is the Flatena from Tritium. I'm actually quite impressed with this. Anyway, links to some ways to improve your Wi-Fi will be on our show notes. Good. Cool. Marvellous. Excellent. Uh, fantastic. I'm trying to think of more positive words. Can't. So, what's this report all about? Okay, so in April, this report was published. It was put together by Mass Consultants for the regulator Ofcom. And the brief was to investigate why Wi-Fi performance is so bad, particularly in sort of urban areas. Now, the myth has always been that there's just basically a lot of clutter and congestion where you're in a built-up area and there's lots of houses and buildings all using the same Wi-Fi frequencies, clogging up the network. That's been the assumption, but this report actually proves that it isn't congestion, it's something far worse. Worse than congestion? What could it possibly be? This sounds like an episode of Star Trek. It's Klingons on your starboard bow. So what's actually worse than congestion is interference. And it's much worse in cities. So they did some tests in central London, Liverpool Street Station at one extreme, and out in the sticks uh, in St Neots, which is in Cambridgeshire. And basically they looked at the the bandwidth of a Wi-Fi signal and they worked out that only 10% is actually being used with real sort of user data. The other 90% is all sorts of clutter and, and, and bish, as you'd say. Bish! So you haven't actually told me what's interfering with it. You did say once it was microwave ovens. Is that still the case? Well, yeah, Wi-Fi and microwave ovens all operate on 2.4 gigahertz. There's another number there, isn't it? You're trying to bore me. (laughs) But it's not really microwaves that are the problem. The big problem is actually those baby monitors that parents have to check their kids are still alive and AV senders. Rascally things. So what do you suggest we do? Turn off the babies? Do you know what an AV sender is? Yes, audio-visual sender. Exactly. So that's the people that have got their set-top boxes in one room and a telly in the other and they don't want to run a little bit of aerial wire up. They buy these AV senders. But they take up so much bandwidth because they've got telly being rebroadcast that they actually trash out your Wi-Fi. So this report states, AV senders cause serious disruption to Wi-Fi services and such devices can easily deprive neighbours of a Wi-Fi channel. Hmm. Some of the other culprits, cordless phones, garage door openers, home automation, services, wireless webcams and wireless games controllers pretty much all of the things we've reviewed in the past in Frequency Cast. So what you're saying is get back to the cables. Um, so it's important to note that Wi-Fi has 13 channels available, numbered from 1 to 13 the most commonly used are 1, 6 and 11 so if you're having performance problems with Wi-Fi check your router and see if you're on 1, 6 or 11 because chances are your next door neighbours are as well and that's causing some congestion interference and everything else so, are there any other improvements you want to mention? The only other big one is if you've got a weak signal, is considering going 802.11n, which of course doubles your range and gives you a bit more speed. You do need to have a wireless thingy on the other end as well. As he reaches for his wireless thingy. There we go. So, out of my pocket, I've brought a uh, 802.11n USB dongle. So, it's no good having a, a version N router if you've only got a version G receiver on your PC. Good. Okay. So, any alternatives to Wi-Fi? One thing to consider is our good old friend, the home plug, also known as the power line. Uh, These stick into the main sockets and actually use your house's mains wiring to send computer data around. They've got a little Ethernet port on. Uh, We covered them back in show... show two. That's even more dusty. I remember them. Hold on a minute, though. Wasn't there a problem with home plugs? Well, there's a little one. It's um, killing shortwave radio and annoying all the radio hams out there. 
So you can't really win, can you? No, but I don't suppose there are many uh, radio hams out there anymore. What with swine flu? Okay, so impressed so far? I'm totally wised up with Wi-Fi now. Look at that. That's the face of stimulation. (laughs) Bothered? Bothered? Anyway, you are going to be impressed by this little gadget, though. Now, before we kicked off the show, we sat down just before we went into the studio and took a few notes, yeah? Yep. And you were a bit baffled by the pen that you were holding. I thought you actually had a quality pen for once, but, you know, (laughs) I should have known you don't have quality. Casio watch. Right, you're going to be pretty impressed by this pen, okay? First of all, give us a very quick description. Well, it looks like a, a very posh pen, actually. It looks like the sort of thing you buy in the expensive part of WH Smith's. Hmm, what's that there? Well, it actually has a little screen on it, and uh, the word pulse at the end, and it what appears to be a speaker or a microphone in it, and, and it's got a screen that says booting up and tells you the time. Oh, it's like one of those 1980s time pens. Now, this is probably the most clever piece of kit we've actually reviewed on the show. Right, the iPod revolutionised CDs and cassette recorders and everything else, portable music, electronic books replacing paper books. This is going to replace the pen. But it is a pen. It is a pen, right. Notepad. Here's a notepad. So we've got a sheet of uh, A4 paper here. And we were doodling before we kicked off today's show. Now, you didn't quite know why, did you? No, I thought you were going senile and having to write down your name again. Right, my pen has booted. Now, what I'm going to do, you see on this paper we've written Frequency Car Show 40, 1st of June, News Focus Pen. And if I tap on what we're writing at the time, listen to this. I'm tapping the word news. So let's kick off with the news. Second of focus. So what am I doing there that's clever, Carl? Well, your pen's telling you what's written on your page. It's actually recorded the event, it appears. But what happens if you hit down here on interaction, though, which is like point number five? Are you going to have to hear from the beginning again? No, 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 that's the clever bit. So basically, this is acting as a dictaphone. This holds 100 hours worth of audio. And as you tap on any of the text that you've written, so if we tap where we're talking about section five, interaction. Interaction. Are we only giving away one fridge magnet? So I can just hop anywhere around the page. I can go back to news. Uh, so let's kick off with the news. Back to interaction again. Interaction. Are we only giving away one fridge magnet? And after that, you drew a little picture. I did. I drew a picture of a frog. And how did you sign it? Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Now if I click where you signed it, it should have you. So um, ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Impressed? I'm very impressed, yeah. What else does it do? Right, you're going to like this. This is, gets, this is where it gets a bit silly. So I'm going to tap on this little square here. Main menu. Paper replay. Piano. Draw your piano. First, draw nine vertical lines from left to right. So now Pete's drawing on a page uh, nine vertical lines from left to right, as instructed. You're very good, aren't you? Connect the lines on the top and bottom. And now he's connecting them on the top and bottom. Surprise, surprise. Write the letter I. This is your instrument icon. Double tap when you're done. Write the letter R. This is your rhythm tracks icon. Tap the keys to play. You're having a joke, aren't you? Okay, so we've just drawn a keyboard. Now, if you hold the pen there, Carl. Thank you. There you go. So what Carl's actually doing is he's just tapping the pen onto the paper. The clever bit is the paper has a special mesh of dots on it that are very, very hard to see. Can you actually see those in this light? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just vaguely. It's not, not They're not intrusive there, or anything, no, no, are they? Absolutely. And the pen has an infrared camera that can detect where it is on the page by the positioning of the dots. Very good. Okay, now try pressing the I. Vibraphone. And again, go through until you get to uh, flute. Kalimba. Steel drum. Fiddle. Flute. Very good. Now hit I. Steel drum. 
Just keep pressing I and it scrolls through instruments. Flute Celeste. Grand Piano. Try Fiddle, that's my favourite. Fiddle. Now press R. And just keep pressing R, there's loads of different rhythms there. I want one. A complete gimmick, but... Because you are slightly musical, aren't you? Do you want to try our uh, our Frequency Cast theme tune? Go on then. No, I want one. <laughs> I want one for the piano. Didn't know you could play the paper. Impress. Very good. Thank you. Mm. <clears throat> Move on. Okay, let me show you something else impressive. How's your Spanish? Okay. Can you uh, can you count Spanish at all? Can I count the Spanish? Yeah, it depends on how many there are. <laughs> no, seriously, can you? Um, no. Main menu. Paper replay. Piano. Movies. Translator demo. Spanish. Okay, I'm going to write a word. I'm going to write one, two, three in English. Okay. One. one. Two, three. In my fairly bad handwriting, if I tap on what I've written, so I'm going to tap on the number one. Uno. No, that wasn't English. Dos. Tres. Sir, that's now told you how to count in a completely different language. I think you got it on the wrong setting. <laughs> We're English. Spanish. Mandarin. Arabic. Swedish. Write a word. And. Two. Three. Arabic. Write a word. Wahed. Very good. And it actually shows you how to write it on the screen. This is uh, quite an impressive tool, isn't it? So you can actually write whole sentences in a foreign language. You can actually talk to uh, foreigners on the phone with this by writing down in English what you want to say and then just going through the words, yeah? As it happens, this is just a demo, so it only holds about 50 words of each language. But it is as a, as a demo, it is very, very powerful and quite useful if the 50 words you want happen to be in there. Brilliant. Now, if I turn back about... Hang on. Four pages when I was testing this out. Here's some other ones I prepared earlier. So you see, four pages ago, about two days ago, I wrote one, two, three. It will remember what language was associated with those words at the time. So hopefully... I'm quite impressed. Although, personally, I can't see much use of this application. Unless, of course, it does drunken ease, does it? You need a calculator in a crisis. Okay. Okay, and you haven't got one. Tap on this. Main menu. You write the word calc. C-A-L-C. Give me some. 113 plus 124. So what I've done is I've written 113 plus 124 equals, in ordinary handwriting, and the screen has popped up 237. That's very clever. So uh, something like, you want to check the battery, so you just write the word bat, B-A-T-T. It shows you the battery life upon your pen. Other things it does... Once you've written everything onto your paper, you then take this back to your PC, dock that to your docking station, and it automatically backs up everything you've written. You can search plain text in your handwriting. So all this scribble I've got here, I can actually search through the text in that. I can do a handwriting to text conversion, so I can edit it in a Word document, back it up, and best off, you can share it on a website. So you can make a flash movie of it, which is something called a pencast. Right, okay, let's do one. Well, what we'll do is we we'll, might as well stick this page as we've written it. So with all our various show notes, your picture of a frog, uh, one, two, three, and the piano, you can write a special private message to those that can be bothered to go to our show notes and look at this pencast. Very good. Come on, then. 
There you go. More information and our pencast and some photos and screenshots and things up on today's show notes. Show 40. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Time now for your emails, texts and calls in our interaction section. First up, one from Steve Wilton. When the digital switchover is complete, will there be any pay channels going onto the Freeview platform? Hi, Steve. Well, towards the end of last year, Sky was looking at adding some pay-to-view Sky channels using a service called Picnic, but those plans are currently on hold as a result of an Ofcom consultation. Picnic may well yet be revived, but nothing's been confirmed. You can, of course, get some extra content with Top Up TV and BT Vision, as we discussed in show 39. And next up, a podline call from Peter in London, asking about the communal satellite telly. I don't see any satellite here where I live. Uh, but I know that there are terminals within the house that you can plug into to get uh, uh, satellite TV. So I'm just wondering, with those terminals in the house, can I just plug a free sat box into them and get uh, a reception, or do I actually need a satellite? Uh, also, I'd like to know if we can use a free sat receiver with a monitor instead of using like a uh, television. So you've got a monitor and you connect via the HDMI. Hi, Peter. If you're in a set of flats with a communal satellite socket, you probably have something called an IRS, Integrated Reception System. This uses a single dish and distributes TV throughout a block of flats. The satellite socket in your flat should work with Sky, subscription-free Sky, and FreeSat. And on the second part of your question, yes, if you have a monitor with an HDMI in, you should be able to hook it up to an HD satellite receiver. Next, one from John Monk. Is there a software update available yet to enable the BT Vision V-Box to operate as a Freeview PVR without being connected to a BT Vision account? John, you don't need a BT Vision account to be able to record onto your BT Vision Plus box. What you do need, though, is a BT Broadband account, as the electronic program guide is delivered over BT's broadband network. Now, there was talk of BT releasing a software patch to unlock you from this, but unfortunately, no news as yet. And now, a podline call about overseas surfing. Bondi Beach gets my vote. Hi, uh, my name is Fiona Owen. I'm going abroad for two weeks to Spain, and um, I need to be able to access the internet. I don't have high, don't have internet connection, so I was hoping to buy um, a dongle and wanted some advice on the varying contracts and fees for using it abroad. Thanks, bye. Hi there. You actually need to be listening to show 38, where we covered this very topic in detail. If you're visiting certain countries, three can be a good bet. Otherwise, picking up a data sim in the country you visit is probably the best option. Loads of tips in show 38. Next, Edgar asked us for help. He's after a DVD and hard drive that will allow him to record Sky. He's tried a Logic DVD recorder with Freeview, but no joy. Pete. Hi, Edgar. Many Freeview receivers that have a hard drive built in will only let you record Freeview using the electronic program guide. What you actually need to look for is a combined DVD recorder, hard disk recorder, that will let you record from the line-in SCART socket. Most DVD HDD units support this, but not all, so do check carefully when you buy. Next up, a podline call. This one's about Virgin HD. We're going to have to call in the help of one of our Virgin Media experts, Vinny the Bearded Buffalo. Let's try our Skype link. Hi, Vinny. Are you standing by, sir? I'm standing by. So, Vinny, can you help this chap out with some uh, Virgin Media help here? Certainly. What's the problem? Okay, so the, let me let me play you this first of all. Yeah, I'm calling on behalf of the Virgin HD box I purchased. Basically, I've installed it. It works fine. 
and uh, I've recorded some channels, yeah, and it seems to be recording fine, all that. problem is that uh, I can't seem to find the program which I've recorded, so if you can help me there, uh, the name is David Chapman, and I'm calling from Stockport. Okay, so that's our call. So, go on then, you're the expert, how does he do it? Well, uh, you select your V-plus remote control, point it to the TV, and select the V-plus button, which is located above the guide. Then you can select one, which is recorded programs. Then you can either select recordings by date, recordings A to Z, or recordings by series. Here you should be able to see a list of the programs you've recorded already. Just select one and watch away. Mr. Buffalo, thank you very much. Finally, for this show's interaction, as we reported in our last update, May was not a good month for Top Up TV. Here are just a couple of the messages we've received from our listeners. First off, Mr. Fraser with a message for Top Up TV's Powers That Be. Hello, it's Mr. Fraser from Aberdeen. You low-life, floor-flushing, thieving, backstabbing people I've ever met in my life. Thank you. One unhappy bunny. And here's another one. Hello there. Um, I'm t- I have a Thompson top-up TV uh, digibox, and I work away from home. They sent me a text message whilst I was away from home, just assuming that I have a computer at hand to dial to to get onto www. Of course, I don't. I come home this evening to find that my digibox doesn't work. I can't get it to work. They're not answering the phone. Nothing that they suggest works. And I am pretty pissed off about this. In fact, I'm bloody raving mad about this. So for God's sake, can you please tell Thompson TV to get their finger out and sort customers out properly? Thanks to both of you for your calls and for the many others that got in touch about this problem. Many users had to format their boxes, losing all of their recorded programs, to get them back up and running. If you still need help getting your box back to life, check out the show notes for some help. Frequency cast. Shutdown in progress. Well, that's all for this show, Show 40. For links and more on what we've covered today, check out our show notes. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. Our web address is www.frequencycast.co.uk. If you have a comment or question, you can leave us a voicemail message on 0208 133 4567. If you're on the move, you can text us on 07882 043 521. You can also email us via our site or discuss today's topics in our forum. Just time for a quick competition. Do you fancy winning yourself a frequency cast fridge magnet? If so, tell us what you'd be doing if you were watching Freeview Channel 47. The best answer we get before show 41 wins a magnet. Good luck. And we'll catch you on the next show. Remember to rate us on iTunes. And please, spread the word. Frequency cast.